0: News Talk 580 CFRA presents the Employment Law Show with employment lawyer Alex Luchaferro. And welcome to the show here to 7 Minutes After 7. This show, again, is for you. We are talking employment law. We are talking the stuff you need to know. Whether it's going back after a temporary layoff from COVID-19, or maybe you're still off, or maybe you're thinking about jumping ship, maybe you're an employer, and you're not sure how to handle things with your employees coming back to work now that you've gotten through the other end, and hopefully things are looking a little brighter for you, call us. That's all you got to do, 613-521-TALK, 613 521-TALK-LINES are wide open. Lots of room for you, so bring it on. We're standing by to uh, to take your calls in this live show. Email is just as effective as well. We'll try to get some of those tonight. We've got a lot of stuff to get through regardless. That is help at employmentlawyer.ca. And we always talk to the fact that you can basically have an employment lawyer with you at all times. That in the form of the pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, the online tool that is absolutely free, is absolutely anonymous, and there is a portion in there, a section on the severance pay calculator, which is so popular for many years. That has been built into pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, so check it out. But my friend, we got lots to get through, including answering your common employment law questions. I know you've culminated a bunch of these over the last few weeks, Alex, that you've gotten phone calls and emails at your desk at the firm, so we'll get to some of the more popular ones that people ask all the time, in addition to that, and the phone calls, which we'll take as well. But before we get to all of that, the week that was, what's been going on with you, pal?
1: Hey, John, thanks very much. Always great to be here, real pleasure. As you said, we're live on the air in Ottawa for the entire hour until 8 p.m. to answer any questions our listeners have about employment law, about workplace rights, really anything to do with your job. Maybe you've lost your job and, and you've been offered a severance package and you don't know what to do with it. Maybe you've lost nope. your job and you haven't been offered any kind of severance uh, at all. Or maybe you know, you're know you having a hard time at work, you're being mistreated, or you feel like you're being harassed, you're having some sort of dispute with your employer. Well, you're in luck. Listen in over the next uh, hour. Give us a shout if you want to talk about it. We're here to answer all of those questions, really any questions you have about what's going on in... In the workplace, I always say, it, John, everyone needs to know about uh, their workplace rights. It's extremely important. We spend the majority of our time working, whether it's at home or actually in the office. Uh, we're working all day. It's quite common that, you know, despite our best efforts, uh, despite everyone's best efforts, conflicts arise in the workplace. Disputes happen, and it's important to know how to handle those kinds of situations. Our laws are actually quite kind of employee-friendly, I guess you can say, or favorable to employees when it comes to to employment law, but the law can't help you as an employee if you don't know what the law is, and that's what we're here to do. That's what we've been doing all these years uh, through our TV show and the radio show. We're here to inform people on what their rights are. We're here to help people resolve those workplace problems, and so as you said, to start us off this week, get us all warmed up, let's talk about a couple of matters that came across my desk this week, John. First matter has to do with, uh, with overtime pay. It seems to be, uh, a hot topic, at least in my world over the past week. So, first situation involved the person, John, who called me because, well, he was actually kind of curious about an overtime pay issue and had a question for me. He'd been working for, uh, for an employer for not very long, about a year and a half, and he, uh, he wanted to know if he was entitled to overtime. So, he's been working over 44 hours a week, working, I think, about 50 hours a week on average, which is you know quite a busy schedule. But he wasn't getting any overtime pay. And so uh, you know the reason his employer gave him uh, for not paying him overtime was because he was a manager. And my re- initial reaction was, well, yeah, managers are actually exempt from overtime right. pay. In the vast majority of cases, if you're a manager, if you manage other employees, you're a store manager, whatever the case may be, you don't get uh, overtime pay. Um, but then as the conversation went on, actually, I started to you know, inquire a little more, ask some more questions, and I found out that this person was in sales, and his title was account manager. So he, was, he, he wasn't actually a manager right. of other employees or a manager of a store. He had no real managerial duties. Uh, he just had this fancy title of account manager, which basically meant he handled accounts. He handled... Uh, customers, and he was in sales effectively, and so relying on that title, his employer was taking the position again that he was a manager, and he doesn 't qualify for overtime pay yeah. and that 's when I said, well ho- you know hold on a sec here you 're not a real manager it doesn 't matter what your title is or that you know you have the word manager in your title if you 're not a real manager, then you don't if you 're not a manager, then exactly you don't uh, you do get overtime pay it 's really as simple as that because otherwise I mean you know, an employer could just call any employee, John, a manager and, sure. and somehow exclude them from overtime pay. No, obviously not. That, that can't be the case. So this, this, this guy hasn't been getting any overtime pay at all, John, since he started working uh, with the company, which is, like I said, I mean, it's uh, I think a year and a half or so. And the company has been withholding this overtime pay for the entire time, completely illegally, completely contrary to the Ministry of Labor and, and the Employment Standards Act. In Ontario, and uh, you know, this is something that we're obviously going to have to pursue. It should be very easy, actually, to pursue something like this because it's so obvious. But again, it's a you know, it's a lesson for our listeners out there. It doesn't matter if you're on salary or you're paid by the hour; you still get overtime unless you're exempt. Mm -hmm. And if you're a real manager, fine, Uh, you you probably won't be entitled to overtime pay. But this gentleman wasn't a manager. He's not a manager, John, despite his title. So he now has the option of pursuing his overtime pay. He can go back to the start of his employment uh, to recover all of that overtime pay as long as he has a record of it and he's he's keeping track. Uh, but I, again, I wanted to raise this here as a lesson to our listeners. you get overtime if you work over 44 hours a week as long as you're not a manager doesn't matter what your title is uh, yes. if you have no real management authority then guess what John overtime is gonna have to be paid no matter what.
0: you bet six one three five two one talk is the number to call in ask Alex your questions bring it on we got open lines and lots of time what's uh, what's the next matter you got to, to talk about pal?
1: Second matter, John, has to do with uh, with severance, with a severance package that yep. I reviewed this week. I spoke to this uh, nice lady actually just just yesterday uh, on Monday, who unfortunately lost her job after uh, about ten years or so being in the being in the job. She was given a couple of months' notice of her termination, actually. So her last day of employment is going to be in, I believe, it's the end of September and the company made her a, an actual monetary severance offer on top of that so she got some notice of her last day of work a couple of months of notice plus an amount of severance pay on top of that and the reason why I wanted to talk about the situation uh, John is is that you know as an employment lawyer we handle all all sorts of different kinds of employment disputes, whether it's again harassment in the workplace or terminations for cause, uh, or you know what we call constructive dismissals, significant changes to the terms of employment. But the bulk of our work, John, as uh, as you know very well, is negotiating severance packages. Yep. Uh, sometimes negotiating for employers, but most of the time negotiating severance package for employees. And I like to give these kinds of uh, of examples that we see day in and day out, and and get into those examples just to illustrate to our listeners. not only the value that we provide in negotiating these packages, but but also kind of real concrete examples of the actual amount of of money that's at stake here and money that as an employee you could be walking away from if you just sign off on a severance package and simply accept the company's first offer. So, uh, you know, kind of long story short, this lady was offered, as I mentioned, a couple of months of notice, a little bit of pay. She was a 10-year employee. 60 years of age and working in the position of uh, of a business analyst, or 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 also she was considered a finance manager. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, the company's total offer was six months of pay. That's what they offered her. The working notice plus the actual amount equaled a total of six months of of pay. And the way we assess her severance entitlements, John, is again we look at her her age, her position, and her years of service. So, 60 years old, 10 years of service, finance manager position. And, you know, quite shockingly, I had to tell this lady, John, that, well, you're not looking at six months. You're actually looking at 12 months as a severance package. So literally double what she was offered, John. And that severance package, that increase to her severance package totaled $50,000. Jeez. I mean, and and so, you know, this is not an insignificant amount of money, John. and, And this is exactly why we talk about these issues you know week in week out on these shows be careful of accepting severance packages before getting advice from one of our lawyers employers are going to try and get away with paying as little as possible and in some cases to the tune of literally tens of thousands of yep. of dollars it's a lot of money for for you for myself for anyone especially someone who's you know 60 years old and thinking about retirement don't leave that money on the table is uh, you know is the lesson to be learned there
0: by the way, to reach out anytime to Alex and a member of his team, it's 1 855 821 5900. Let's take a short break, get right back at it. Jill, I see you there. Hang on the line. You are coming up as soon as we come back from the break. And got time for your calls as well. Open lines ready for you. Six one three five two one. Talk. Deployment Law Show continues. News Talk 580, CFRA. Now back to the Employment Law Show with employment lawyer Alex Lucifero on News Talk 580 CFRA. Welcome back indeed. It is a 720 here on the uh, the show. Welcome to it. Uh, employment Law Show. You have plenty of time to call in live here and ask your questions. Alex is at the ready and it is a 613-521-TALK. We'll get to our topic for the night. Some emails here in just a bit. But first, as promised, Jill, thank you so much for Hanging in there through the break, you are, uh, you're on the air. How are you tonight? Good, and you? Great. What's, uh, what's on your mind for Alex?
2: Okay. Hi, Alex. Um, I'm calling on behalf of someone I care about. Actually, there's a few variables within this um, employment issue, one being, okay, I'll give you the timeline in which everything happened. Um, in March, uh, this person came back from a trip and then was told he had to stay home for two weeks, naturally. Then he got sick after a day and a half of attending work. Then he was sent home. On April 1st, he got a temporary layoff. Then throughout that time period, he kept reaching out to his employment. They kept giving him excuses. They aren't hiring people back yet, blah, blah, blah. Finally, when he did get an answer, he said, "Um, well, the owners will get back to you. There was always an excuse. Now, finally, he's being told that he's being laid off, and he uh, totally, like, oh yeah, and during that time, he was told that, um, I'm trying to think here, the timelines, uh, he was told that they couldn't hire everybody back, but then he found out not only were they posting a job in his position, but they did hire everybody back and they hired other people back that they just posted jobs for and therefore he's wondering what his legal rights are because I think there's something called the emergency sick leave which he was entitled to so I'm thinking there's two variables going on here and I'm wondering if I'm correct
1: yeah fair enough Jill if I can ask uh, how old is this person
2: 31
1: 31 and how long had he been with uh with this employer until he was let go
2: for three years
1: Three years, and what was he doing there?
2: He was an architectural designer.
1: Okay, interesting. So, I guess the difficulty, Jill, is, is that you know an, an employer does always have the right to let an employee go. So, I know there are some provisions under the the infectious disease leave that uh, number one kind of allow for the layoffs. I guess you can, uh, I guess you can say, but but also provide some protection for employees who who uh, shouldn't be let go while on the layoff. And you know, while oh, I'm sorry, that does I was- pret-
2: can I just Go ahead. interject? Go ahead, I totally forgot that's very important. They offered him a three-month contract, and mm-hmm. after he was on a full-time contract, permanent contract, they offered him a three-month contract, and he denied that contract because of uh, a lawyer telling him not to take it, if, because then they'll keep bringing him back a three-month contract, and they had the right to do so. Okay. So I just wanted to let you know those no, variables. No, fair enough. As well.
1: and, and here's you know the, the reality of the situation, uh, Jill, is that you know if, if he's been permanently let go, then he's owed severance, and, and really it's as simple uh, as that. Now, if he's in his early 30s, uh, three years of service in, in architectural design, he's probably looking at something in the range of three months as a severance package, and I I, I would wager that he's been offered far less than that if he's been offered anything. At all. Uh, Yeah, it's hard to get a job now. Excuse me?
2: It's hard to get a job now.
1: Of course, of course. And and that's why an employee would be owed uh, a, a fair bit of severance in a case like this to hold them over until they can find uh... that next job that next employment and so really setting all of the other issues aside and of course that's very difficult to go through the layoff being ill you know of course all of that but at the end of the day again if the company's made the decision to permanently let him go an employer does have that right it's within an employers purview to let an employee go if they so choose, as long as the reason isn't discriminatory, meaning as long as it's not based on you know age, religion, gender, uh, et cetera, those protected grounds, then again, an employer can make that decision, and it then becomes a question of how much severance that employee is owed. And we look at the factors of age, position, and years of service, and again, someone in his early 30s with three years of service is probably looking at something at about a month per year of service as a severance Oh, I thought it was manager. a week so,
2: per year. No. Mm.
1: A week per year would be, it's a common misconception, Jill, and we hear it all the time. Those are an employee's minimum entitlements under the Employment Standards Act. What we're talking about here is an employee's full severance entitlements, what we call your common law severance entitlements. And again, the analysis there is very different. It's a it's looking at age, position, and years of service of the employee. And oftentimes you're talking about something closer to about a month per year of service rather than a week per year oh, of service. Okay. Just so, to clarify. Uh,
2: sorry, Alex. Just to clarify, he was on the ESA contract, not a common mm-hmm. law contract.
1: So good point. We would need to have a look at his employment contract. I can tell you, Jill, that contracts need to be very, very finely tuned. Very, very carefully drafted in order to effectively limit an employee severance entitlements. So what I can suggest is, why don't you give us a call off air or, or have this person give us a call uh, off air, I'd be happy to look at the contract myself, I'd be happy to speak with this person myself. We can get to the bottom of what uh, he's actually owed and take it from there. Uh, and if there's a, if there's a further amount to pursue, then more than happy to pursue it. These matters are usually relatively straightforward. And so, you know, why don't you give us a call, Jill? I think at the very, very least, it's worth a conversation.
2: So even with an ESA contract, do you think they owe them three months? Uh, I'd want
1: to have a look at the contract because, like I said, there is a good chance that any kind of termination language in that contract is unenforceable.
2: Okay. Okay, so I'll call after I hang up here. I'll call back and we can talk later. Yeah?
0: Yep, you got absolutely. it, Jill. That's exactly uh, exactly what we want you to do. Appreciate your time and enjoy the rest of your evening. Here is that number you want to use. I'll give you the email address as well, 1-855-821-5900. Again, 1-855-821-5900 and help at employmentlawyer.ca. Couldn't be easier than that. See? Plenty of time. Get some answers. That's uh, that's what it takes. It's really simple. 613-521-TALK is the number to call in for the remainder of this live show here tonight answering your common employment law questions. I know you've narrowed this down to about uh, five or six, but there's you know five or 6,000 we could go through, fill up multiple shows, but we're going to get to some of the big ones that come up again and again and again. First one is this, Alex. Can my employer lay me off if I didn't do anything wrong? There you go.
1: Yeah, it's probably the most common question mm-hmm. we receive, uh, John. It actually kind of ties into the conversation I was having with, right. with Jill just now, which is you know a lot of times when I speak to employees that have just been let go, the the first thing they want to talk about is, uh, you know, I was a great performer and and, uh, I didn't do anything wrong and how could the company let me go this way, it's not fair. And, And the difficult advice as employment lawyers that we almost always have to give, John, in these situations is it doesn't actually matter what the reason is for the termination. Again, an employer, as I was mentioning to Jill, an employer does always have the right to end an employment relationship. Uh, you know think of that as a a, a relationship between an employer and employee you can always break up in a relationship like that there's nothing Mm -hmm. necessarily wrong with that with the one big exception being as again I mentioned to Jill as long as it's not discriminatory as long as you're not ending that employment relationship because of a person's religion etc and so you know barring those rare exceptional cases The only question that needs to be answered when an employee is let go is one of severance. Okay, the employer's made the decision to let that employee go. You've got to hold your hands up and say, regardless of the reason, this is the situation I'm in now as an employee. What are my rights now? What am I owed as a severance package? And again, that's when we look to your age, your position, and your years of service to determine how long it might take you to find new employment, and in other words, what your severance entitlements should be. So... Uh, you know, a lot ties into our conversation with with Jill there, and again, it's a question we get very, very often. Literally every day, I have to explain this to yeah. uh, an employee out there, John. It doesn't ultimately matter if you didn't do anything wrong. The question is still one of severance.
0: Lots more of those coming out. Those questions about uh, your common employment law questions. We'll get to those, and still have time for your phone call as well. Lines are open. We'll remain that way for the remainder. Six one three. 521-TALK is the number. Employment Law Show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Now back to the Employment Law Show with employment lawyer Alex Lucifero on News Talk 580 CFRA. It is uh, 735. We are right back at it. you still got lots of time to make that call here on this live show. Talk to Alex. Ask your questions. And uh, that number is 613-521-TALK. you want to reach out through email, that is help at employmentlawyer.ca. And to reach Alex at the firm and a member of his team, you can do that uh, when the show is not on the air. one 821 5900 If you prefer a little more of a uh, personal and private conversation, that could be had uh, no problem whatsoever. Answering your common employment law questions, number two, as follows, brother, is this one. How much severance pay should I get? That could be the biggest question of all time. Uh, what is the fair, what is a fair severance package?
1: Yeah, that's the uh, the million dollar question, yeah. uh, John, and, and the one that we get asked uh, every day, and that we speak to every uh, you know to people every day about. And you know, as I was mentioning uh, before the break, uh, in in almost all cases, John severance is going to be based on an employee's age, position, and years of service. So the longer you've been with the same employer, uh, the older you are, the more senior or specialized your position uh, within that employer the more severance you're going to get. Now, I can't tell you, John, that there's some sort of formula. There's no mathematical formula when it comes to severance. I can't tell you it's, I mean, it's certainly not one or two weeks per year of service, but I can't tell you it's three weeks per year of service or a month per year of service or six weeks per year of service. That's not the way severance works. Works. It's going to be different for every individual in every different case, again, depending on those factors. And the reason why we look at those factors, the reason why the law will look at those factors, is to give us some sort of estimate or best guess at how long it might take that employee to find new work. And so imagine you're a, you know, uh, 50 in your late 50s or early 60s and you've been with the same company for maybe, you know, 15 years. You know, I hate to say it, John, but especially in this environment, it's going to take you quite some time to find new you work. You've got to brush up on your on your job hunting skills. You've got to brush up on your interview skills. You have to hope that there's an employer out there looking for somebody with yeah. your expertise, and that's not going to be easy, John. So that employee, again, who's 60 with 10 plus years of service, it might take that employee a year to find uh, you know to find the new job that's not a sh- that shouldn't be shocking for anyone to hear and so their severance entitlements are going to be in that range that's the way severance works that's the way severance works in the majority of cases and you have to assess fairness you have to assess what the right severance package is for every individual in their circumstances again considering their factors considering their age their years of service with the company and their position within that company
0: Again, anytime you want to make that call, if this has piqued your interest, if it uh, matters to you or a family member or a close friend, call. That's the best way to do it. And uh, again, that number six one three five two one. Talk. In that regard, we get to uh, to James. James, thanks for taking the time uh, this part of your evening for a, for a phone call. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Good. What's uh, what's on your mind?
3: Oh, I just have a question. I have a family member that worked in a restaurant, and the restaurant got sold to new owners, but he's been employed with that. Uh, restaurant for t- ten years I just want to know if he's entitled to any kind of severance or does his employment just carry forward on to the new business
1: owners and James his employment is continuing so he's continuing to work yep. for the new owners now yes yeah so in a case like that you wouldn't be owed severance as an employee because really your severance hasn't uh, or your exactly. employment hasn't been terminated but it has been kind of Shall we say transfer it over to these mm-hmm. uh, to, to the buyer, to the new owners? in mm-hmm. that case, yes, absolutely all of those previous years of service, James would carry over to the new mm-hmm. employer. So okay. uh, you know your family member walks in uh, to that job, come the close of the sale, a 10-year employee, right or a 10 year and one and yes. one day employee okay. uh, as a new employee. Now in cases like this, uh, James, and maybe you want to uh, kind of caution your family member, uh, smart purchasers, so again, the, the owners that are purchasing the restaurant, will try and introduce employment contracts to mm-hmm. these employees and a lot of times those contracts will have really, really onerous, really tough provisions that limit an employee's entitlements in a number of different ways. could limit their severance entitlements, it can allow for temporary layoffs, it can allow for significant changes to the terms of their employment, they can introduce a bunch of stuff into those contracts that could be problematic for employees. So, you know, Hopefully, your family member hasn't signed anything yet. Hopefully, they haven't even been offered a contract. It's just kind of a switch to the new employers and your employment continues on the same terms. But if they have been offered a contract to sign, your family member needs to get that reviewed with an employment lawyer because there could be some really problematic terms in it.
3: Yeah, there's been a verbal commitment of the uh, seniority being transferred over, but nothing, yeah. in, on, nothing on paper.
1: Good. And that that means that as an employee, you will be protected in a case like that. If there's no contract to sign, then the same terms of employment carry over to the new owner, even if they're just verbal terms of employment or implied terms of employment. Uh, Right? There shouldn't be any big changes in a case like that. But a contract will allow that new business, allow that new owner to introduce a bunch of changes. And so you have to be weary. So if there's no contract... Again, your family member is good to go. Continue employment with with the new owners, and if something happens in the future, well, again, your you know that person's a ten year employee, and their severance entitlements, you know, would be calculated as such. Um, and that's pretty much it. That's how you analyze a situation like that. It's a tricky one when the purchase of and the sale of a business happens, and there are yeah. employees uh, involved. But yeah. uh, it sounds like the family member here is going to be pretty safe if there's no mm-hmm. contract to sign. My
3: question is, uh, something happens, it gets. Laid off, or the business that you know blows up, uh, does he have any kind of recourse to the previous owner, or is it, or does it have to fall on the new owners
1: now? No, so would, if he's actually worked for the new owners, so again, if the sale oh closes yeah, okay. and he continues working with those new owners, no, now the any kind yeah. of liability with respect to his employment falls okay. on the new owners wow. only. Okay.
3: So okay, I'm not saying any bad bad thoughts here, but if they end up, uh, you know, going out of business because of all this nonsense with the COVID and all that, um, I'm mm-hmm. just thinking like he would be, is he would be whatever he gets if they have no business, they have no money. I mean, so all that ten years of work he did would go out the window if something as as horrible as that would happen.
1: Yeah, yeah. Knock on wood that doesn't happen, James. But no, you're I mean, right. In the case that. of a, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, fair enough. In the case of a bankruptcy, yeah, if the business goes bust. That. You know, there's, uh, a business closing is one thing, right? A business could close, but yeah. not necessarily go yeah. bankrupt. They still don't have money yeah. in the bank. They just think yeah. that they just think that. Well, you know what? It's not worth pursuing any further. Mm-hmm. That's okay. You're still owed severance in a case like that. But if a if a company actually goes bust and goes bankrupt, yep. you're yeah. right. As an employee, you're not yeah. going to have any severance entitlements, or at least you it's going to be you know pennies on the dollar, if that. Yeah. But listen, that's going to be the case. Old employer, new employer, whoever the uh the owner is of the business and and yeah, I, listen, bankruptcy is basically the worst case scenario of employment law. It it puts employees in the absolute toughest spot possible.
3: Yeah, I guess in a certain case too, let's say the the um, the, the relative didn't want to receive but the new owners, he then could school and say, Okay, I'm not gonna I'm gonna move down the road, I'm gonna sort out and do something else in my life, he would then be entitled to severance from that previous owner, right?
1: If you are, you saying if the new if the new owner doesn't carry, take if him he didn't
3: on, carry forward to work with the new owners? And he's, correct. he, yeah. he decided. That, yeah, so he wanted a career change. So I'm not going to carry forward the new owners. So then he he would be entitled to a severance from the from that previous owner. Would it right? be
0: less.
1: No. 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 Not not if the employee is making that decision him or herself. Ah right, right. B- because okay. if the employee saying it. you know what I'm not interested anymore guys I'm going to I'm going to back out of this listen that's a resignation you've resigned your employment you're not owed any kind mm-hmm. of severance when you resign okay. if it's okay. the new owner saying you know what we don't want you as an employee moving forward we're not going to hire you when the sale closes when we purchase the business in a case like that James absolutely the old owner becomes in, uh, obligated to pay severance because you you haven't been employed yet with the new employer they don't want you And so that's a termination, and that's when the old employer becomes liable to pay that person's full severance entitlements.
0: Makes sense. Okay, I think, I think we're done for James. He's gone. James, hope you got enough information there. If not, you can uh, you can follow up indeed and call Alex at a later time uh, to fill you in if there's anything uh, a little cloudy there. 1-855-821-5900 is that number. It is help at employmentlawyer.ca. I'm going to take a short one, come right back, and we have more time for you. Make that phone call, 613-521-TALK. Employment Law Show, this is News Talk 580 CFRA. Now back to the Employment Law Show with employment lawyer Alex Lucifero on News Talk 580 CFRA. And welcome right back to it. Uh, employment Law Show, you bet. 613-521-TALK is the number. Getting to our next call. Israel, thank you for, uh, for so much for, for hanging on. How are you tonight? I'm all right. How are you? Good. What's on your mind?
3: So my question is this. Can an employer force you to be available seven days a week And also do a rotation where you do a certain amount of number of days, and then it rotates to the other days of the week. And also, uh, are they can they force you to do, let's say, overnight shift and day shift, and just rotate on that? Whereas you are available for certain uh, days and time of the day.
1: Mm-hmm. Can I ask, is, uh, is this in the context of a unionized job or non-unionized?
3: Yes, it's uh, unionized.
1: Yeah, so the answer to your question, Israel, would be in uh, the collective agreement, meaning in the contract of employment that's between the union and the employer. In okay. that document, in that what we call a collective agreement, would be the answer to whether an employer is allowed to do all of those things. Or not. So, listen, what I can tell you, generally speaking, when it comes to an employee's minimum entitlements under the Employment Standards Act, so the Employment Standards Act in Ontario is the piece of legislation that provides for an employee's kind of minimum protections, minimum uh, rights and standards in the workplace. Generally speaking, I think in most cases, there are two issues. There's kind of a weekly limit in terms of the number of hours that you can work, which is, generally speaking, 48 hours. So the the max uh, that an employee uh, can be made to work or forced to work is 48 hours in a week. Although you can agree to uh, uh, to exceed that amount. Meaning, again, if your union and your employer has agreed that maybe the maximum for your employees is I don't know 55 hours and not 48, that can that's perfectly legal. But you need an agreement in writing for that maximum weekly. Uh, number of hours. The same thing goes with, let's say, the hours in a day. Uh, So on a daily basis, what the Employment Standards Act says is employees need at least 11 consecutive hours off each day. So basically, your employer has to give you at least 11 hours off each workday. But again, as I just mentioned, an employer and an employee can agree to amend that. Or or to exceed that. So it goes back to my initial point, which is you have to look at your correct collective agreement, and basically you have to ask your union the answer to those questions. In a unionized environment, your union and the collective agreement will answer those. And if it's the case that all of that is allowed under the collective agreement, well, then your employer has every right to enforce those terms, and you have to effectively accept them. Uh, uh, Israel or take it up with your union because it's your union and it's the employees through the union who have accepted those terms of employment. Okay. All
3: right. Does
1: All that right. make sense? It, yep.
3: Yeah, Yeah. thank you very much.
0: Okay. Thanks, Israel. Appreciate that. I guess we should mention as a sidebar that even if uh, he, uh, Israel goes to his union, he gets no satisfaction via that route. You as an employment lawyer cannot uh, represent him uh, on his behalf, because he's in the union situation, correct? That's right, John.
1: Yeah. So, you know, one of the, and there's a number of them, but one of the difficulties when it comes to unionized work, you're basically stuck with the union as your legal representative. Right. And, you know, unfortunately, we hear from lots of people that are just really disappointed with their union's representation. Yep. A lot of times yep. they won't, you know, pick up that. Baton and really fight for that employee's rights and for their entitlements for whatever reason, whether they're political reasons or other reasons. A lot of times, employees don't just you know they don't feel that support uh, from their union, and and that is a difficulty when it comes to unionized workplaces. Unionized workplaces, you know, just to give you the other side of the coin, also do some pretty good things, right? Generally speaking, unionized employees are better paid. They have maybe some more protection in terms of job security. There are a couple of things that are you know advantageous to unionized employees. But when it comes to things like severance, when it comes to things like, again, enforcing your your rights individually as an employee, a lot of times the unionized sector is going to fall short uh, and you can't hire, as you were saying, you can't hire outside legal counsel as a unionized employee. Again, it's the union and only the union that is going to be your legal representative.
0: Again, you still got a few minutes here to uh to get a call in like we've had so far. That is six one three five two one talk. Barring that. We'll get back to our topic for the evening of answering your common employment law questions, this one, and you always get the you owner know, right at the bottom of the severance offer the Friday at five or whatever it may be, and that is can my employer put a time limit on a severance offer?
1: Yeah, it's it's funny, John. I mean, this is uh you know, amongst some of these other topics, but this is one that we've been talking about since day one. Right? Yeah. I I mean yeah. Uh, almost every week, we talk about the fact that an employer-imposed deadline on a severance offer is basically meaningless. You know, your employment rights don't change Friday at five or whatever deadline mm, yeah. your employer gives you. Your employment entitlements don't change come the end of that deadline. And yet, still, John, we get questions every single day, and employees nervous about what if I miss the deadline? What if I don't respond in time? You know, what if this? What if that? And you know, we tell those employees, listen, don't worry about uh, you know, we're going to handle it. And, you know, again, your, your rights don't change come Friday at 5.01 when that deadline expires. Now, listen, I also tell the people that I speak with, as a matter of, you know what, professional courtesy, John, if an employer is asked for a response by a certain deadline, you know what? I'll happily get back to that employer by that deadline, simply because listen, you want to keep the ball rolling, and the faster you get back to an employer with probably a counter offer or counter proposal to a to a severance offer, then the quicker you'll get that matter done.
0: Yeah, but you know, call.
1: again, that's a matter of professional courtesy uh, and of kind of uh, expediting things. Again, your legal rights, the, the game does not change, the legal analysis does not change just because you haven't responded to an employer by their deadline. Actually, a lot of times you can ask your employer to extend those deadlines and they happily will, which basically just proves that they're meaningless. They're, just, they're, they're there to put pressure on the employee in order to assign a severance offer, which most often is going to be far less than what that employee is actually owed.
0: Six one three five two one. Talk. We'll get George here with uh, with his question. Hey, George. Thanks for taking the time. How are you? Good. How are you doing? We're uh, we're doing okay, pal. What's uh, what's on your mind?
3: Okay, um, I uh, used to work in a company and I got uh, terminated uh, four months ago, and uh, you know, after four months, uh, now I'm out of job. I'm not doing anything. Is it? Uh, can I still ask for my severance? Or there's no more. There's no you, you, time. Absolutely can. you
1: absolutely can, George. You, you have two years from the date of your termination uh, to pursue a severance package. The real question is, what are what are your severance entitlements? How long were you working with this company for? I worked George? for three years. What were you doing with them?
3: Uh, driver.
1: You were a driver, and uh, if you don't mind me asking, George, how old are you? Uh,
3: Fifty-three.
1: You're 53, so 53 years old, uh, working as a driver with three years of service. Your severance entitlements, George, are probably going to be in the range of something like four months, uh, or I would say three to four months as a severance package. Uh, have you been able, George, to find a job since you were let go?
3: Yeah, but not not a full time job. I, I, I work see. as a driver, like uh, daily, like uh, with my car. But now my car, I can't use it work so i'm out of job and i did sure. apply for jobs and nobody hired me
1: sure fair enough and so you would be owed severance definitely george uh, in a case uh, like that uh here's what i'd want you to do george because we're running up against the clock here it's almost eight o'clock why don't you okay. give us a call off air john will give you the number happy to speak to you myself we'll go through all of the information all of the documentation and certainly, if there's a severance amount to pursue, which it sounds like there is, uh, George, then happy to do that for you. Shouldn't be too complicated uh, at all. Give us a call off air, and uh, let, let's chat a little bit more.
0: Okay. Thank you very much. George, appreciate, uh, appreciate your time and appreciate yours as well. If you took the time to call in, want to thank you for that. Uh, and uh, we're going to break it off for now. And uh, you want to follow up with Alex anytime you can do so. Here is that number. its eight five five eight. Two one fifty nine hundred again one-eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. The email address we use on the show and you can use as well is simply help at employmentlawyer.ca. If you go to employment ca by the way, the website you can listen to past shows and catch links to our TV show as well, so that's always good to do. And we've mentioned before if you didn't get a chance to call in or if you haven't called Alex yet. In the meantime, go to pocket ca There's a wealth of information about employment law. There's also a section on disability law because. Some of those two uh, quite often are intertwined, so you can check that out. And, of course, wrapped into that website is the uh, good old Severance Pay Calculator. Ever wondered what you owed? That will give you an a- accurate number in about 30 seconds. All of it is absolutely free. It's anonymous, but there is a contact button at the top right if you carry on and want to uh, reach out to Alex and a member of the team. We will catch you next time. Appreciate you listening. This was the uh, Employment Law Show. It's right here, News Talk 580 CFR.